Welcome to this week's energy show. Now, there are some people who just love roller coasters, or solar coasters, as the case may be. Our industry has a lot of ups and downs, and ever since I started in the late 70s, I've been seeing these uh, ups and downs happen. It's great to hear from passionate industry pioneers who have managed to surf along all these ups and downs and still have a great attitude. So this week, our guest is Jeff Brown. I've known Jeff for almost 20 years, and he's been in solar for twice that. He initially was at Solar Heart All Valley, in based in the Fresno area. Then we worked together at Akina Solar, and he's helped a few other solar companies, and now he's at JLM Energy. Now, in addition to his hands-on solar thermal, pool, and PV experience, Jeff has been an active board member at CalSEA. So he really has his hands on the pulse of what's going on, literally on the roof. So welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, thanks, Barry. All right. So tell us a little bit about your solar background, from solar thermal and, and you know Akina and now with JLM. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. back in 1981, uh, right out of high school, uh, big old Sanger High, my, my family, my dad bought the franchise for Solarheart for the Kingston Tulare County area, so right outside of Fresno here, and that's where we started. We just jumped into it, and within two years, we had four offices up and running. We're the nation's largest Solarheart dealer, and uh, of course, like the <laughs> what you were joking about, ups and downs, uh, it came to a grinding halt January 1st of 1986 with all the tax credits and rebates ending. So um, I started my little service business uh, right here in Clovis and grew it up to a nice size company. And I think, Barry, it was about uh, 11 years ago. Uh, we were right here in my living room making the deal to, for <laughs> to come over to Akina Solar. So been a ride yeah yeah it's it's been a ride and then after akina tell tell me about how you ended up at jlm kind of the the next okay, phase so uh, immediately after akina solar um i jumped on as a, a national solar guy for ream they own solar and then uh it's interesting how much you're connected in my solar life uh a year, a year later i got a phone call from a guy that uh, you barry and me uh, met on our 19, uh, no, the 2005 Canadian trip, a <laughs> uh, China trip, excuse me. We met uh, Chris Stern from Canada, uh, and he came calling, you know, a year later uh, in uh, 2010 uh, to go up to Canada and start up because they had a feeding tariff of 80 cents a kilowatt hour up there. Yeah, boy. Yeah, it's funny. Jumped up there and got pure energy started. Yeah, yeah. The solar coaster, I guess, is going on in Canada too. Except it was mostly just an up and a down. We had we had a good time in 2005 on that bus in China, seeing all the early solar companies. That was a great trip. So, um, and then, and then, yeah. I mean, within of course, everyone knows how the whole Canadian story went. Within three, three, four months, the Canadian government kept stopping the program, you know, every good socialist company, country doesn't want anyone making money, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, so how did you end up at JLM? Uh, well, it was interesting. I've been looking at JLM uh, for two years. Uh, last couple of years, I've been uh, following the company, been following LG, of course, and talking to different companies, and... JLM is the one with, you know, they have, I, I feel, the best technology out there. Uh, I heard that two years ago. Uh, let's look, instead of looking at the batteries, look at the technology. So uh, they have the, it's called DC regulation, symmetric DC regulation. They have a patent on, so they could take a kilowatt hour and do several things with it, 
where basically all our competition is a, basically a time clock, you know, either going to the grid or going to the building uh, at any given time. So um, about five months ago, I saw uh, Aaron Clark, uh, an old-time friend. He was with a couple of other companies and recently running one of the largest companies in the nation. Uh, he, is, he jumped over to JLM and is our COO. So I gave him a call on Wednesday and went to work for him on Monday. All right, all right. Well, well, we'll dive into a little bit more with JLM's technology, but first, let's take a little detour. Um, how's the solar thermal industry doing? Pools and domestic hot water? Uh, it's well, in the United States, natural gas is is the you know is the enemy of solar thermal. Unfortunately, it's you know, solar hot water heating hasn't done well at all. There's been some really good incentives uh, and the tax credit. So there's been state rebates and the tax credit, uh, but it's still not doing well at all. Uh, it's just people are so focused on, you know, and thinking on uh, the whole solar electric side of the industry uh, or solar thermal, you know, there's, there's what we call in marketing, no pain factor. So, you know, Barry, when it only costs you and your family, you know, 15, 20 bucks a month for natural gas to heat your water heater, uh, heat your water, you, you're just not interested. Yeah, People yeah. aren't, it's not sexy enough. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting that uh, when when I started uh, doing PV systems back around 2000, when I was um, talking to people about solar, they're like, oh, where's the pipes? And I would, yeah. <laughs> my first few inspections, the the, uh, the town inspector would come out and say, where's the copper pipe? And I'm like, no, this is PV. Oh, and now yes. nowadays when you talk to the kids, they're, they're thinking, oh, solar, yeah, solar electric, that's really cool. They don't even know that you can use solar to heat water. It's just, you know, it's, oh, it's no, not those, um, remember those, cultural. Yeah, at every home show, you know, every the first, you know, five years of being able to run a meter backwards, people were looking at the solar heart unit with the big tank and saying, well, how, yeah, how does that make my meter run backwards? You yeah. know, so, yeah, it's crazy. But pool solar is slowly making a rebound, um, you know, after the big... You know, it's a luxury item, and it doubles your swim season. It's awesome, but it's, you know, it's uh, what the whole industry is after 2008, 2009 came tumbling down a little bit, and then and now that it's picked back up. And now they're finding it's a big competition of uh, square footage roof space on the roof. You, do you do pool solar or you do solar electric? Yeah, yeah, we so kind of... It's becoming an issue. Yeah. Uh, so for that whole industry, there are products out there that do both. I'm not really convinced. I don't like that many pieces on the roof, couplings, but um, so. Yeah. What are some of the keys that you see to long-term success in the solar industry? Uh, uh, networking and perseverance would be the first things that come to my <laughs> mind. Uh, just really be getting involved in the industry, find, you know, meeting people all over the state, like, I mean, that's the joys of Calcia. You know that, and I know that. We get to know a lot of people and just just having a creative open mind and being creative because everything comes in waves with all the, you know, the different, you know, kind of what's next attitude where, you know, regulations, rebates have come and gone. Um, you know, right now it's, it's all the crazy changes uh, with the utility companies. And finally, after 10, 15 years, they figured out a way to, devalue solar system. Yep, yeah. Well, that kind of brings up kind of what's next and what's new. So tell us a little bit more about JLM's products. So the, the reason is the big, I, you know, jumped into this industry on the storage side. So we're doing, you know, we, we just take solar electrons and put it in a battery and we, 
you know, during the daytime, the utilities are really, you know, lowering the price of what they're going to give you for our net energy metering. We call it NEM. Uh, so we're basically had to go look this word up called arbitrage. <laughs> uh, we're taking power in the daytime and selling it back uh, in the afternoon to the grid or in the evening uh, to the grid or to into your home or business. So that way you're making a little more money and you're basically holding the value of your solar system is what you're doing and you're increasing the value of what it can make and the payback on the whole system. So, and the way the whole industry is, so what, uh, everything's heading that way. So, uh, we have at JLM, we have uh, one product, it's called Phaser. Uh, we're the first to do a rooftop uh, energy storage right underneath the solar panel. Uh, of course, with my background as a contractor, I look at that, you know, two years ago and kind of laughed at it, just like you and I did in the very beginning of microinverters. So, why would you put something like that on a roof <laughs> with a heat factor? Uh, but these, I really did my due diligence, looked into it. They, they've been testing them for two years over in Phoenix, uh, some of the hottest places out there. And in two years, they only hit their, uh, very interesting fact, they only hit their high limit once, and it was uh, this year, the day, I think it was this year, the day that Phoenix Airport shut down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was 120 degrees, and it was so hot that the planes weren't rated to take off in that temperature because the air was basically thinner. They couldn't kind of get enough traction. But anyway, all right, well... That's your MIT background right there, right? You know know why? Because I I did some consulting back in the early 80s for the Defense Department, and the AWAC planes that were being operated in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, which was like the hottest place that they could operate, and they had to be able to operate there. Big problem was finding a way to cool your jets. All right, so, Jeff, we're talking about JLM's products. Very, very cool. But what are some of the rate changes and the utility changes that are happening that are making battery storage so important? Yes. What we've noticed in the last two years, I mean, for me and you, it was the biggest wake-up call uh, and got me angry uh, for my customers uh, and passionate about this whole thing was, you know, May of 2016 when pg just decided to eliminate E7, the, the original time of use that I've had since I was a kid, uh, where noon to six was at a high rate. And in the rest of the day was at a lower rate. And uh, as you know, those are very beneficial. So we call it like a turbocharger on a car. So you're all day long from, you know, noon to six, it would make it at literally 44, 48 cents a kilowatt hour. And that's what you're reimbursed, the retail rate. And then you're using your power at a lower rate the rest of the time. So what we've seen since that is they gave you a, they threw a, a bone out there with E6 on pg e and that was only going to be for five years. And then now everyone's rolling into, on pg e E-time of use A and E-time of use B, uh, which basically is going to end up being from 4 to 9 o'clock is going to be the highest rates that they charge. Uh, and then uh, I've even heard E-time of use C is going to be from 6 p.m. till 10. And we're talking, you know... 36, 46 cents at nighttime. So basically, like it used to be that during the middle of the day when you're cranking out this, the solar, you would be getting reimbursed. At, I remember it started at 21 cents, then 26, then 30, then 45. So you could make a lot of money by running the meter backwards during the day. But now there's no sunlight at 6 p.m. So you're not running the meter back. So you're, you're kind of getting screwed a little bit. So what's a good yeah, solution? Yeah, so, my, my, 
Jim, I knew your terminology on that is uh, the, inter- the, the IOUs are uh, eclipsing our sun. So <laughs> they basically have shifted uh, the peak hours to the evening. You know, they got the whole, you know, the industry now. I had to learn about the duck curve, and it's about because we have all the solar energy uh, going into the grid during the daytime, peak has shifted. Uh, so into the evening time, so they're now charging, uh, you know, the higher rates in the evening, but in the daytime they're seriously lowering uh, the 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 amount that you would get reimbursed from your solar system to the grid, and in our opinion, intentionally they're lowering it to the floor. In some areas, we've even seen. Uh, in Arizona recently, two months ago, the wholesale cost of electricity around three cents a kilowatt hour right. for so, six months of the year, from ten a.m. to three three p.m. Uh, in Arizona. Uh, yep. So therefore, your solar system is never going to pay for itself. Yeah. So this duck curve is a problem, but but Jeff, there's more than one way to skin a duck. So yes. how can we solve this problem? Yes. Yeah, so. At JLM, we uh, we were the like I said the first to come out with this uh, real convenient the phaser unit. What we do is we capture anywhere from a half of a kilowatt hour to a full kilowatt hour per panel inside of a phaser, and after 4 p.m. or 6 p.m. and we can you know just at a push of a button push a update on these units because they're electronic in there, they're electronics in there, and they'll discharge into your home, discharge into the grid, make whenever it's making the building the most money. So everything at JLM has a Z on it if you haven't figured it out. So we have our phaser units for basically for the arbitrage and and uh, demand charges uh, as well. And then for battery backup systems, we have the energizers unit. JLM's had that on the market for over two years, and it's a it's a battery backup system down below, and so the power goes off. Your dedicated circuits will have power. I call it a kitchen package, not to overpromise anything. So you know, just your basic needs, uh, and if you want a little bit more power, you can put in you can couple the two two of the energizers together, and now you can actually put the phasers on the roof, and it'll communicate with the energizers unit. So you can really load up on the storage and, and get your best bang for your buck. And in commercial, uh, we have what's called grids with a Z on the end. And uh, we have 30 kilowatt units that can couple together. You know, you can put 10 or 20 of them in a line. Wow. So uh, however big your commercial needs are. Where does the battery for the phaser go? So a phaser unit, they, what we call the, the unit never changes in size. So, yes, it's, a, it's about, what, three times the size of a microinverter. Uh, it's a flat little pancake thing that bolts right to your rail underneath the solar panel. It's two inches off the roof and an inch off the panel, so it's very surprising to me as a contractor. Uh, these things only run right around 11 degrees above outside ambient temperature. And because they're lithium iron phosphate, they're a very stable dry battery, so... Temperature isn't the issue, and that was, of course, the first thing I looked at when I saw it two years ago. I just laughed at it. Heck no. But I've been proven wrong. They've been tested in Phoenix. I've seen all the data, all the information on them. They're cranking away. So the temperature isn't an issue because they're in free airspace. You know, we always want to put our inverters on the north wall or the east wall, and then we put inverters on the roof underneath solar panels So with microinverters. So that's not an issue at all, and we've proven that. Proven the concept. It's been, like I said, out testing for two years, and then about, about three months, three or four months ago now, we, you know, t- took the product to the market. 
so we're allowed to. And what we're saying for now is to give a little bit of insurance on your solar investment. It's just let's start with a third of your panels. So if you've got a 30-panel system, let's put 10 phasers on, capture 6 kilowatts to 9 kilowatt, hour, you know, kilowatt hours, and then in the future, as rate changes, what that'll do is it'll prevent you from having to add more panels in just three years or four years or five years, like is what's going to happen to all new systems going in today, because the rates are going to keep changing. It's interesting, thinking back, and you and I were kind of among the pioneers for microinverters and AC panels, and you know they're, they're working fine. They're designed right for the heat, and they're working fine. So I expect that the phaser product will also be designed right and will work fine up, up on the roof. Oh, imagine. Imagine the, and actually they're looking at it, taking an optimizer and put it in inside of our phaser unit, taking a microinverter and put it in inside. So you have basically from one manufacturer, big manufacturer, you have one panel that has the you know the inverter, the storage, and and the solar panel on your roof. Yeah. Now by doing that, and even with the current phaser product, does it make it easier to get the building permit? Are there any special battery stores things that you have to convince the local inspector about, or is it a simpler installation than you know your traditional batteries and inverter and the, you know that whole thing? Well. Great question. And as you know, and what we've developed over the last, you know, 20 years is being being on the good side of our jurisdictions. So go educate them. So every time one is sold, we want to go talk to the billing department, ask them questions. And But yes, it is easier. And actually, the beautiful thing of the phaser units is your, your energy, you know, your energy system, your arbitrage system is installed by your solar roofing, con- you know, your roofing guys, roof crew is what I'm trying to say. It just... It's really simple. Literally about 15 to 20 seconds, the system's installed. It's just plug and play. You take the, the two leads coming off of your solar panel, plug it into one side of our phaser. It comes out of the other side of the phaser right into your in-phase or your optimizer. Hmm. And then that's it on the roof. And then down below, we have our monitoring. Is uh, we got some of the best monitoring that you could see everything on the way our product works. So you can see the demand coming, and demand is coming, by the way, for residential, too. It's, it's already hit Arizona, and it's coming here. So What's, Explain what demand is. So demand charge is basically, at, you know, here living in Fresno compared to you over in the nice cool Bay Area, we have to have uh, these things called air conditioning. And, you know, so at the middle of the summer in your home when you've reached your biggest point of your highest electric bill, the utility companies look at that day and say, hey, you hit, you know, you know, so many amps that day, so we're going to draw a threshold, and now we need to be able to supply you that much power at any given time, so we're going to put a standby charge for 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks on residential. And because you need that much power. And on commercial, on our solar commercial projects, it could be 50% of the total bill. Yeah, yeah. We're, There's these demand charges. Yeah, yeah we're seeing that. And, and at Cinnamon Energy, we're starting to uh, sell commercial systems here in Silicon Valley because the demand charges are sometimes $20 a kilowatt. And so if you're, you're running a business and you have a 100-kilowatt peak demand, your bill just went up $2,000 just that month because of the demand charge. So, all right. No so, one really looked at it before. Uh, you know, they were looking at it, and we've all been talking about it, but now with the, you know, the 30% federal ITC as well as the SGIP rebate, it really, and the cost of batteries coming down, and they're going to continue to come down, it, it's getting, you know, very lucrative. But again, as energy storage today is to hold the value of solar systems. That's yep. what 
That's what our message is. Yeah. All right. Well, how can people get in touch with you? Well, my email uh, it would be jeff.brown, B-R-O-W-N, at J-L-M-E-I dot com. Phone number would be 559-417-4970. I'm located right here in Central California, and I, I can go anywhere, but I, I got the Central California area for JLM. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks, Jeff. This is a great discussion. Love to have you on as a guest another time. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. If you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcasts.